Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. Galatians chapter 5. This is a letter that Paul is writing, and he's writing to a church, and in that writing, uh, we find the letter called Galatians. And in the fifth chapter, we're going to start in verse 22. Last week, Bobby hung out here a little bit. If you didn't listen to his sermon, I encourage you to go to the app or go online and click the replay button and pick last Sunday. It was really a great teaching, and I encourage you to listen to that. What a great way. Just make that in addition this week to listening to the weekday podcast. Verse 22, Galatians chapter 5 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, the picture there is that the Holy Spirit lives in our life because we've asked the Lord Jesus to forgive us of our sin, knowing that he died for us, rose from the dead for us, that we might have life eternal and life abundant. And when that happens, the Lord Jesus inhabits our our heart and our life in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And in doing so, it says the Holy Spirit at work in you produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. And then in verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So literally what Paul is saying to us is this, you are going to have good fruit if you're allowing my spirit to live in your life, and if you're allowing the spirit of God to direct your life. The opposite is true if you're not allowing the spirit of God to lead your life. You will not produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Say those three times fast. That'd be hard. I know. But then he goes on in verse 25 and says, but you can do this in the power of the spirit of God, being in the right position and the right role in your life, when you prioritize him rightly in our heart, then he says, then you can live by the Spirit, and and you can follow the Spirit's leading in every part of your life. The fruit of the Spirit is kind. See that? Kindness is like an outward indicator that an inward change is taking place. If you were theologues, you'd say, well, that's the definition of sanctification, Chuck. That's where we have a change in our life and we continue to be changed. We continue to be morphed because God is always at work in our life when we've trusted Christ as Savior. That's what Jay's story is, that over the course of time, he's grown more and more. Did you, I love that statement where he says, it just seemed like that, that, that music just softened his heart. And I thought, man, what a great picture. I think it was cool when uh, President Bush was inaugurated uh, he made a stir where he said in his inauguration address, he said, he said, we need to become a kinder, gentler nation. And at the time, a lot of Americans laughed at him. Yeah. You know, that's not what America needs. But based on this past primary season, I would totally agree. Wouldn't you? We yeah. need to be, a, but if we need a kinder, gentler nation, you know what? We need kinder, gentler dads. We need kinder, gentler moms. We need kinder generational, or, or we, whatever that word was, spouses. Did you know what I meant? I'm tracking right there with okay, you. It's like Greek or something. You're like I know. I know. This is when my head gets in front of my mouth and it's just not good. But I really believe when the president said that, what he was really saying was what we need are people that have an ear toward heaven that can act in kindness when the Spirit of God leads them. Isn't that true in your family? Or maybe on your kid's ball team? Maybe at your office? I agree with the little girl who prayed, oh God, would you make all the bad people good? and make all the good people kind. What a great prayer. 
that we might look at that and know we, we got a lot of people trying to be good. Maybe what we need to do is just allow the Spirit of God to direct us to be kind. Yeah. Let's, uh, so we got kindness on the screen behind us. So let's just give, what, what is kindness? What does that look like? Because if you look at Galatians 5 and verse 22, it's also called gentleness mm. because it comes from this root word that means to be useful, it means to be good, it means to be helpful, and it means to be suitable. That's what it literally means. And so whatever definition you give it, kindness is one of those things that if you're to try to sum it up, it's not always easy to define in just a short sentence. But what I found in my own life is even though it may be hard to define, it's not hard when you see it. Isn't that true that when you see somebody that's different, when you see somebody that has true joy or true kindness in their life, Mm -hmm. it may be hard to define, but when you see it, you know what it is. Yeah, you feel it, don't you? There's an action taking place where, wow, that was something I need to emulate. Yeah, Yeah. and I I think the big thing about kindness as we talk about it in this context is that in this context, kindness literally is when we take the love of God that's living Mm. inside of us and we live it out in a practical tangible way. Yeah. In a couple yeah. of hours, I'm, I'm preaching a wedding up in Lula, Georgia. And yeah. one of those verses that we often reference reference in weddings is love is kind. Yeah. And so yeah. it really is. Kindness is when we take love and we put skin on it, we put the shoe leather on it, and we begin to live it out yeah. in a way that people can see it. Yeah, it really is. There's, there's something that goes from this feeling of love to an action of kindness. But I think it's, it's, it's healthy for us to recognize that one of the things the Scriptures do teach us is that by our nature, we are sinful people. I mean, by our nature, we will choose those things which aren't what those fruits of the Spirit are. Or like I, what's in it for me kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, I'm, I'm a number one. i got to take care of me. If I don't take yeah. care of me, nobody's going to take care of me. It's kind of the great American dream, right? But you know what I've learned is a lot of my adult life, I have genuinely struggled with the action of kindness uh, one of my favorite authors is a fellow by the name of Dr. Henry Cloud. I would encourage you to read anything you can by Dr. Henry Cloud. And uh, Dr. Cloud has a phrase that has become something that I, I try to work on day by day by day and, and often fail, Bobby. I mean, you see it firsthand. I mean, it often fail. But he, he has a great statement, and it says this, the opposite of bad is not good. The opposite of bad is love. Isn't that beautiful? It is, it's the picture that within you, The only opportunity that we have, Bobby, me, you, pick it. The only opportunity we have to extend kindness is to recognize that the kindness within us is found and remains in the presence of Jesus. Because you see, we, by our nature, we we don't have the kind of kindness the world needs within us. We are not naturally good people. We, We choose to sin. We choose to sin often. I do. And, and somewhere in the kindness becomes an action that has been directed and driven by the presence of Jesus in our life. Listen to what uh, the book of Titus says, chapter 3, verse 4. When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. So what we see is that the, the reason, like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, that we should be kind, the way Bobby has defined this kindness, is we should have nothing else be kind because God has extended kindness to us first. He looked at our life and he, say, he didn't say, man, you gotta get your junk together before I come into your life. He came into our life 
because we asked him to, and he saw all the junk and knew all the junk and said, I love you anyway. But he gave us an opportunity to repent, to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to turn my life around. I want to live for you, not for me anymore. You know what the Bible, I, I totally love this. This is the most tweetable thing of the day. I love this phrase. And matter of fact, I'm so convinced that I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to read it to you. All right. Do you know what the Bible calls the coming of Jesus into the world? Okay, so if you're looking to write that down, let me say it again. Do you know what the Bible calls the coming of Jesus into the world? The Bible calls that God's kindness toward us. You see, Christmas came because God extended kindness. Easter came because God extended kindness. The resurrection happened because of kindness. Heaven is ours because of kindness. Grace, mercy, and love is ours because he extended kindness into our life. Paul writes to a church in Ephesus in the book called the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 32, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. This is not a, hey, y'all ought to think about. This is a, go do this. Yeah. Yeah. So kindness really is this reaction mm -hmm. that comes from experiencing the love of God personally. Yeah, that's good. That yeah. when God steps into a person's life and we recognize, when we see ourselves for who we really are, and we see him for who he really mm. is, it causes us to be thankful that he would yeah. save us, thankful that he would rescue us, and in turn, mm. it's an opportunity for us to extend that to the people around us. Yeah. And I think really one of the other reasons that we need to be kind and to show kindness is because honestly, the world around us is watching people that call themselves believers, and they're looking to see if what we're saying lines up with how we're living. Yeah. Uh, for me, that I went to a Bible college and then I went to a seminary and I spent a lot of time learning facts about the faith. Yeah. But the longer I've been in ministry, what I've learned is that people don't primarily respond to the facts to begin with. They respond to relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And so in a lot of ways, truth and, that comes from God's word is best transferred into people's lives on the basis of relationship. Yeah, yeah. And so when we're kind, people see that it's real. When we're kind, people see that the love of God is really true. In fact, when Jesus prayed right before he went to the cross, he prayed in John 17, Father, I pray that we would be one, believers mm -hmm. would be one, mm -hmm. just like he and the Father are one, yeah. that through that, people would know that he is God's son. Oh, that is so, so good. Kindness is a powerful way forced to show that what we believe has affected our hearts and that it changes yeah. lives. It's kind of like, have you ever been with somebody and you, you treated them with kindness and it totally blew their mind? You ever seen that happen? If it hasn't, you just got to try this. Let's say somebody's totally been out of shape with you and your response is, thank you so much for sharing that with me. It means the world that you would love me so much that you would share that with me. If you want to absolutely blow their mind, break out a little kindness. Because you know what we all think? They're going to respond the way we would. Let me tell you one thing. I'll give you some kindness, right? That's what folks kind of imagine. It just keeps escalating. Yeah, it really does, and it's totally out of control. Yeah. You know, I, I look at this, and I, I, I really do believe that it, at times there's a couple things that keep us from kindness. You know, busyness keeps us from there, you know, having an unforgiving spirit, maybe not recognizing the need for Christ in our life, that we're sinful people. I mean, there are a million reasons, but I... I I also think some of us feel like people are going to take advantage of us. Yeah. And so we, we say things like, well, I'd, I'd help that family. They're probably going to spend it in beer. You know, I'd, I'd help that guy, but, you know, he's probably going to make more money than me begging today. We come up with all kinds of excuses. I, I read this story, Bobby. I got, was captivated by it. There was an Argentinian a golfer by the name of Roberto De, De Vicenzo. 
And this guy was never big time. And back, back in the 70s or so, he won a few tournaments. He was second at the Masters before he had a collapse. And, but he won this one PGA tournament. And at the end of his tournament, they, of course, awarded him the, the, you know, the silver cup, and they awarded him the check. And so because he wasn't a big-time golfer, he didn't have a plane to get to to get to the next tournament. He's walking out to put his clubs into the back of his car, and this lady stops, and she says, congratulations on your victory. And she says, you know what? I'm so sorry I have to ask you this. I just need help. She's crying. She's telling me she's got a, a little boy who's going to pass away unless she can get him some help. And this guy literally, Bobby, he signs the back of his check, endorses it, and gives her the check. Hmm. A week later, he's at the next tour stop, and uh, the, the, one of the PGA officials comes up and he says, Roberto, dude, you, you know, I heard you gave that lady your entire winning check. You know, she, she's not married. She's not hurting. She's not broken. She doesn't even have a baby boy. It, she totally took you to the cleaners. And Roberto said, wait, wait a minute, whoa, this is the greatest news I've ever heard in my life. And of course, you know, everybody around is like, what is this, this guy, he's, you know, smoking the teas or something. What is going on with this? Now that's tweetable. That is, yeah. yeah. Welcome you know, home. Yeah, when you tweet that one, just like give it to Gwinnett Church, like hashtag them, <laughs> you know. I'm just saying. Be kind. No. And so... I totally lost track here. Roberto says, come on, get back with me now. All right, Bobby does this all the week long. And he says, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And the guy's like, what? He said, yeah, you mean there's no baby dying? And the guy was like, no. But didn't you hear it? She took you to the cleaner. She said, yeah, but there's no baby dying. What if, our, what if our view on life was, hey, but there's no baby dying? Yeah. I mean, what a beautiful picture, yeah. isn't it? When I think about that and thinking about we're always worried about keeping score, which I think is one of the reasons why we're not kind enough. But if anybody could have kept score, I think it's Jesus. Because obviously people took advantage of him over and over and over again. And yet, how did he respond? Well, he responded over and over again in kindness. Hmm. I love what Galatians 6 says in verse 10. It says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity... So just pause there. Whenever you have the opportunity, when should I be kind? Whenever you have the opportunity. Mm. He says, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Mm. And so I just, I, I agree. Busyness and keeping score are big reasons why we aren't kind enough. And I would just ask you this question. Has there ever been that moment where you felt prompted to call somebody? Or have you had that moment where you felt prompted to send them a note, shoot them a positive email, give them a book, whatever that is, you had this pause in your spirit that said, you should do this. Yeah. So you had great intentions and yet a day goes by, a week goes by, a month goes by, months go by, and then by the time you have time to do it, you're like, man, it, it yeah. just feels awkward to do it now. I would say, those pauses are opportunities to be mm. kind. Those times that you have sort of that, that check in your spirit. You, maybe you don't know what to call it. What we'd say is if you're a believer, that's a prompting of the spirit of God inside of you. And I know in my mm. own life, I've had those promptings from yeah. time to time. I, I'm thinking now vividly of a moment I was driving to some place and I sensed you need to call your buddy Bill. And I had the sense I need to call Bill and I just kept putting it off putting it off, putting it off. And then months later, I heard about something that was going on in his life. And I was like, man, that is why I should have picked up the phone and called. And so I just encourage you in the middle of busyness, in the middle of chaos, listen to those promptings, make space, find those as opportunities. Yeah, that is so good. You know, busyness will, will, will absolutely rob us of the desire to extend kindness, I think. 
Um, when the Bible says, as we have opportunity, let us do good, that, that concept, when we have opportunity, is the recognition if this is your journey and you are headed down the path, that God at some point is going to intersect our journey with someone that he needs and is calling us to extend kindness to. And when we don't respond in kindness, it is like the voice of the Lord gets more distant in our ear because we have not responded to the promptings of God. I think that that whole concept, Bobby, of being prompted yeah. by God, I, it, like in my mind, I, I get the feel of it, of it being a nudge. It's yeah. like, come on, Chuck, you do this. Yeah. And when we don't respond to it, I, eventually I don't feel the nudge. Right. You know, and I, when I look at this, I think, especially in times of conflict, in times of struggle, yeah. I mean, I, I, if, if I could ask every married person here today, what do you think would be the one thing that you could do that would radically change your marriage for the good? I think you would come up with a big list. I mean, I really, if you talk to Jenny, you could come up with a pretty good list, right? But I'm going to give you one that's totally free here. You ready? If you would choose to ramp up your kindness with your spouse to a whole nother level, even to the degree that you would take on the relationship that Jesus has with his church as groom to bride, which is sacrificial, loving, gracious, kind. I, I believe the vast majority of marital problems that get to my office or Bobby's office or somebody else's office, but I don't believe they'd get there because we would have solved them in a communication system grounded and based in the kindness and the presence of Jesus. A few months ago, Bobby, I, um, I started opening the door again for Jenny at the car. And like the first four times I walk around, I'd open a door and she would just get in on the driver's side thinking I was telling her to drive. That's awesome. And it's like, that's not cool, you know? And so I finally said, babe, I'm, I want to open a door for you. And you know what she said? I'd love it when you do nice things for me. Who's the man? Come on. I mean, seriously, guys, don't, do you not want your girl to look over in the, in the car with you with like, my baby? Come on, man. This is not hard. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. So I mean, I'm 56, and I, I look over at Jen still, and I think, that's my girl. You know? I want to be kind. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, listen, you, we both kind of outkicked our punt coverage when it Absolutely. comes to wives, man. But yep. how cool. Absolutely. And it's not hard. No, it's, it's really just not. the little things. It's yeah. taking those opportunities to learn to be intentional. Yeah, it really is. And probably one of, the, one of the hard parts about kindness mm. is when life feels chaotic. Yeah. And honestly, for a lot of us, it feels that way a lot, right? How do I be kind when there's conflict going on in some area of my life? How do I be kind when yeah. I need to speak the truth and love to somebody? And here's what Paul says in another letter that he wrote in 2 mm -hmm. Timothy 2, verse 24. He says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient with difficult mm -hmm. people. And I just just want to say that because sometimes we use difficult circumstances as an out. We use that as an opportunity to say, well, that person doesn't deserve kindness. They, they, they're just a jerk. And we use that as an opportunity to say, well, I don't need to respond in kindness. And yet here's what Paul says, a servant of the Lord. Well, if you know Christ personally, if, you, if you're a Christ follower, you're a servant of the Lord. We, we're most like Jesus when we serve. Jesus said, I did not come to be served but to serve other people. So instead of walking into work tomorrow and saying, what are people gonna do for me? Or walking into your marriage and saying, what are they gonna do for me? To say, what can I do to serve them? Mm. And he says to serve, and we must be kind to every single mm. person. And I think this is a disconnect because oftentimes 
I've met people that know Christ personally. They're like, I know Jesus. I've said yes to him. I know what the gospel is. And if you don't know, gospel is just a way of saying the good news of Jesus. And yet, even though they know the good news of Jesus, they haven't shown it in their face. Yeah. They haven't shown it with the people around them. It's like they're ready for a fight all the time. Like angry Christian. Angry. Not angry bird, angry Christian. <laughs> right. Don't, don't, you know, don't you know when you see them coming? We need to create Really, it's like, I know it. It's like somebody pulled a pin on the hand grenade and threw it down the hall. Fire in the hole, angry Christian in the house. Right? Yep. You know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't, would, it, isn't it cool, though, that when, when we see the extent of kindness, Jesus is saying this is what a servant of the Lord yeah. Looks like not a servant that does just church stuff. I mean, it's a servant of the Lord. When Jesus says, if "You want to be great, you must become my servant." Yeah. This is what this—that's what kindness is. We serve people. Yeah, and I would just say, based off of last week's message where we talked about spiritual gifts, sometimes people use, "Well, I'm just wired this way. Mm. This is my personality type." They use that as an excuse to be a jerk. And I would just say, if yeah. you know Christ personally, just because you're wired a certain way does not exempt us from showing the love of God in a yeah. powerful way and even in quarrelsome situations yeah. to say, I, I'm going to be Sometimes kind. I think the opposite of good is revealed in our words more than anything. Mm. I, I know, I know we, we, we often don't think about that, but our words, literally, they yeah. blast or they burn. Our words hurt or they heal. But being cognizant of that and recognizing, wait a minute, the Lord has called me to be a servant of the Lord. He's called me to live this great life, but that means he's called me to serve other people. I mean, it's the, it's the picture of being able to say, I, a servant of the Lord must be kind according to Paul's letter to Timothy. If you're going to be a servant of the Lord, then if in being that servant of the Lord, it, it is not just your action, it is your attitude and what comes out of your mouth as well. Yeah. I do know folks, there have been times in my life, Bobby, my, my, my adult life as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, well, I, where I guarantee my heart was in the right place, my face, my attitude, my actions sure, certainly didn't reflect it well. Right. And, and you know what happens? I have to start and hold to rebuild a testimony every time. Wouldn't it be great not to have to stop and rebuild yeah. every time? I, mean, yeah. I, just, I think it's, it's a cool picture to see that. And I think everybody around us needs a little kindness. Yeah. If there's one I, thing that's missing... It's just a little kindness yeah. in our lives. Yeah, I, the, I, read, I read this story the other day, and I thought this was pretty applicable to everybody needs a little kindness. Yeah. I mean, you do, I do, you do. I don't know anybody that doesn't want to go through the day and say, you know, I hope I meet just mean people all day long. Right. They bless me so. Yeah. Right? I mean, we, we all need a little kindness. Guy walks into this diner, been eating there, you know, breakfast off and on for a while, and the same waitress comes over. She says, well, what do you have today? She, he said, you know what? I'm going to have the breakfast special, scrambled, and a few kind words. She goes back, puts the order in. A few minutes later, Bobby, she brings out this plate. The eggs aren't really scrambled where they're kind of made with that liquid egg stuff where they look kind of gross, you know, and the bacon's super greasy and, you know, the toast is kind of burned and the grits are like lumps. They're not really like creamy no. like they're supposed to be when they're it just makes me awesome. I know. And, and uh, he said, well, where's, where are my words of kindness? She said, don't eat them eggs. Sometimes you just got to put it out there, That's right? It. I just wonder if, if sometimes we need to be able to look at somebody and say, man, don't eat those eggs. Yeah. I love you enough to not let you go through that. Yeah. How cool. I think uh, as we think about opportunities, if we were to just think about the people we're in a relationship with, whether it's in your home, extended family, people you work with, you know people that need kindness today. Yeah. You know people that have hit a rough spot in their marriage. You know single parent families you know somebody that's battling some illness or they've recently experienced the loss of a lot. We know people that need kindness. And what I would say is to use these moments as a prompting to ex extend that kindness yeah. to them. You never, I would say never underestimate the power of a kind word to somebody. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, we're broad in the way that we're kind to people. Mm-hmm. We, we have these broad thank you statements. We have these broad I appreciate you, I love you kind of statements. But there's something powerful when you're able to look somebody in the eyeball and you're yeah. able to say to them, I, I'm so appreciative of this that's in your life. I love you so much. And when you look at somebody and you're able to be intentional with your words, there's something powerful that happens. I think yeah. we underestimate that. If you're a boss, if you're a leader, man, your words weigh a thousand pounds to the people that yeah. work with you. If you're a parent, your, your words weigh hundreds of pounds with your kids. If you've got a spouse, your words have impact on yeah. them. And so part, part of this, of taking opportunity, is to just take those small moments that feel maybe insignificant and to use it in an intentional way because people respond to that. Yeah. They don't, and sometimes, honestly, this happens. You're at a funeral yesterday. We've got a funeral later today. Sometimes people at funerals will say, well, I just don't know what to say. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I don't know what to We've do. We've all been there. I, yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. yeah. And what I, my counsel would be, don't try to say anything. Yeah. I mean, I remember when my dad passed away eight years ago, some of the things people said to me were honestly hurtful. And some of the most meaningful things that people said to me, I I remember getting this one voicemail from a friend that said, Bobby, I am so, so sorry. And I can hear that in their voice. And that meant the world to me. And so part of it is just being present with people. Part of it is just hanging out with them giving them a big bear hug and just saying, I'm so, so sorry for your loss. Yeah, the ministry of hanging out is a big deal. You know, sometimes the most kind thing you do is be there for somebody. Just, just, just be there. I, I find that to be fascinating, you know, that somebody would be so kind to do that. i tell you a quick story. I was, we have one of those ring doorbells on our, on our front door where you, like if somebody rings a doorbell from my phone, I can see who it is from anywhere and I can talk to them. I mean, it's really kind of funky because it'll scare some people to death, man. So uh, Carla Wasden stopped by our house uh, Friday, yeah. right? And so the ring goes off. I'm driving back from middle school camp and uh, I look, I look on my phone, and there's Carla Wazen on my front door ringing a doorbell. And I said, Carla! I thought she was going to wet her britches right there, man. It was unbelievable. And uh, she was looking around for me, couldn't find me anywhere. I said, what are you doing? She said, I brought you some goodies. And I said, well, they're always welcome. She makes a mean chicken salad, bro. I need to email her my address. This is crazy good. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that was an act of kindness, and I, I was able to respond by scaring her which I thought was kind of sweet. What a blessing. I know. That's yeah. your spiritual gift, I think. So ask yourself on a scale. Of, you know, I used to enjoy doing this with you. Yeah? <laughs> before, where's where's before Hector when I need him? We need Hector out here. I know. I would just say before you get your train of thought back. Yeah. Is, Thank you for this. Brother. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the people that we need to be kinder to... Mm is the people you think you would be. It's the yeah. people that yeah. you love the most and yeah. love you the most. But if we be honest, sometimes we drop our guard yeah. and we say hurtful things or we act in hurtful ways to the people that deserve our kindness the yeah. most. And I yeah. would say as important as it is to be kind to the people we work with and we do life with and neighbors and all, that's so important. But don't miss the opportunity to show kindness mm. to the people that you're closest to yeah. the most. That is so good. I, I think as a parent, the best, the best training you can give your children, and I mean this with all my heart, 
I, I believe you, you best train your children when your children see you love your spouse, be faithful to your spouse, and pray for your spouse. When, when, you, when you have determined that I'm going to extend the kindness of the Lord Jesus first and foremost to your spouse, your children will not settle for anything less. I don't care you're a man, none of this matters. This is not gender related in any shape, form, or fashion. This is about extending kindness and graciousness. So let's take a quick, let's just take a quick poll here real quick. And let's just say on a scale of one to 10, um, how are you doing in the kindness with your spouse? Just put up a number. I'm not going to ask you to hold up hands and bear us here or anything like that. Well, I would, but Bobby would be angry. And so just think about that. How are you doing? 10 is, man, I'm killing it. One is, yeah, yeah, I got to pick my game up. How are you doing? Let me ask, how, how are you doing that as, you, as you're leading your children? Maybe you've got your children every other weekend. Maybe you've got your children a weekend a month. Maybe you have your kids all the time. Maybe your kids are grown. Maybe your kids are now adults. Maybe your kids are driving you bat crazy. How are you doing extending grace and kindness to your kids? Let me ask you another one. How, are you, how well are you doing one to 10 in, in being able to be an ambassador for Christ in your community and where you live or even for this church? I, when I went through that list, Bobby, I, I became unbelievably aware that I, I've got to pick my kindness meter up drastically. But you know, Bobby, there's all these things we talk about. None of this happens apart from the fact that we have to invite kindness in the form of love into our heart. And what that, what that looks like and feels like is this recognition. I'm, I'm, I'm a sinful person. I choose bad choices. I, I've made a mess of my life. Maybe whatever that is, to be able to say, Jesus, I, I want to ask you to forgive me. Uh, I want to accept the fact that you died for me and you rose from the dead for me so that, that I could have forgiveness, that I could have heaven. And at the end of the day, what we're, we have no hope of extending kindness apart from having Jesus alive and well and working in our life. Because we offer nothing to this world in the sense of love and kindness apart from the presence and the power of Jesus himself. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.